do it to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was a question for myself. And it is absolutely possible. Good afternoon, Australia. Good evening, America, and welcome back to the Everyday Business Show. I'm your host, Tony Lontis, and today we have an amazing guest who I'll introduce you to a little bit later. But first off, just a reminder, if you're listening on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, we have Payo in the Philippines ready and waiting to take your comments, respond to your questions, and provide you with links of anything we talk about today. And don't forget, please subscribe to YouTube. We love our subscribers on YouTube and a big shout out to everyone in the in Europe today. Our guest um, will tell you where he is in a minute. If you want to listen to the replays of the live shows, don't forget to jump on the Tony TV channel app available on all Roku, LG and Samsung smart TVs across the planet. Binge Networks USA, Hero Go TV USA and lots of other places. This year, an important part of each and every show has been our acknowledgement to the special and important role in which our Indigenous communities play in the development of our country's cultural identity. So I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yukonbar language region, Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respect to the Elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people listening here today um, across the globe. Now, I've had this wonderful guest I'm going to introduce you today on the show before in the early days of my shows and in the early days of his shows and he is an amazing human being. Elliot Connor has been described as nature's PR guy and number one fan. He started a global environmental charity spanning 110 countries. He's created five hit podcast designed TV formats in the US and UK and has a best-selling book, Human Nature, Be a Better Animal. He graces the stages from Davos to Seoul, Jakarta to Dakar, rather, to Sydney, Glasgow, Jogpur and Marseilles. He has been on all four continents of the world and generally made an oyster of it, playing handmade to hedgehogs, having picnics with parrots, buttering up bandicoots, doting on ducklings, hiding from hyenas, leaping away from leopards and vacuuming <laughs> Vulture vomit, amongst many other things. Elliot is the youngest and most passionate CEO I know. His Human Nature Projects was founded in July 2019, and Elliot leads a team of global volunteers who work tirelessly to reimagine conservation through community and collaboration. He's an author podcaster and documentary filmmaker, policy changer, and so much more. Welcome back to the show, Elliot. Thanks, you, Tony. I'm not quite live up to the introduction, but <laughs> fun to try. 
<laughs> Absolutely. So back when we first started, um, you were still in trying to finish high school. Um, and I just want you to refresh the um, audience. So they the story about how you were actually got into doing what you do now as a as wildlife ambassador, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, where to start? Where to start? Uh, I, I think it was, were you 12 when you were working with the raptors in France? Is that where the 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 idea just sparked? Was it back then? The, the Human Nature Project, certainly. I mean, I think the nature is, is this Alison Wonderland rabbit hole. Once you start getting yeah. things immersed in, and wildlife, all this eccentricity. You just don't look back, you can't yeah. climb back down. Yeah. We should deep and deep into it. Uh, so, 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 yeah, I mean, I've been fascinated with nature in my life. Uh, but human nature projects, what do you say I do think, uh, it came at the start of 2019, uh, as mentioned. Mm. And I was uh, volunteering. Uh, looking after all sorts of raptors and birds of prey uh, in in France in bleak midwinter, lodging in a 13th century castle uh, <laughs> by day, uh, feeding, caring for, cleaning uh, after these raptors in mm. hangers straight out of Jurassic Park, huge, great, uh, great model. And by night, I was researching all the operations about the 200 uh, largest environmental NGOs. Uh, because, I mean, as I say, I was extremely passionate about these issues. I spent several years prior in Australia, mm. uh, where I grew up, trying to volunteer, volunteer with about these issues, which I was so, so passionate about. I found it really difficult. Obviously, even up in these spaces are supposed to help our friends to make mm. sure they don't want to take on unskilled, untrained, and experienced miners. It's, it's a difficult problem as well. And what I found is that the larger values of foundation the less they are meaningfully engaging in themselves. So that's where Given Edge projects came from. Uh, basically an attempt so that anyone with those backgrounds, through age groups, through experience levels and skills tests, uh, could meaningfully contribute to wildlife conservation across the globe yeah. through their local authorities and then connecting them internationally. So, so yeah, that, that's where it all started. And so since, obviously you finished school, um, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, back then you would trying to decide whether you would take a gap year or you'd go on to uni. What actually happened? Oh, so I took about half the gap year. Yeah. Uh, I made it to the Great Barrier Reef for uh, two yeah. months, which was uh, surreal and just the world Nothing quite like it. Uh, so, so, yeah, uh, I did that. I... Yeah, into the field of wildlife filmmaking, food, and put a few problems on. And then I took up an NDA, which I'm just finishing at the moment. Oh, uh, go which, you! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, keep keeping on 
that academic trash that's not quite yes. much here, but certainly useful when accumulated. In life. Oh, it's completely unprepared. Yeah. So yeah. definitely that ability that education is critical. Um, Elliot, I wanted to talk about some of the terrible animal tragedies that you've um, witnessed, but before um, I go back to that, the bleaching on the Great um, Barrier Reef. So as a Queenslander, I grew up going to the Great Barrier Reef. Um, I've seen it from quite a young age to um, more recent, and it's pretty heartbreaking, isn't it? Well, definitely. And actually what I did is I spent one month on Ellen Island, uh, yeah. which is on the, the southern tip of the moon. Yeah. Well, that, that's still beautiful. That was still yeah. uh, it's far enough south that bleaching hasn't quite reached uh, yeah. on that state. The second month, though, I flew to this event back on the northern tip of the moon. So, Lifford Island, and so on. absolutely awesome. So uh, this island's been hit by several consecutive cyclones uh, by mass coal bleaching from September 17. Uh, we're getting more of it this year uh, and yeah. in between as well uh, with all of these events. So we will do that. I mean, we wouldn't see healthy carbon standards. This is the exception to the world. in Erin Island. Is, uh, I mean, there they yeah. might see one or two bleached carbons, but so... Having that contrast was yes. the really striking thing. So going from this thing we Elliot, to, that's how many yeah. kilometres? Like it's not a huge from the no, southern end of the barrier reef to the northern end of the barrier. They, we're not talking tens of thousands of kilometres. It would be, I don't know, 1,500 kilometres? Like it's not... But the difference between the top and the bottom. Um, Elliot, I know well enough to ask you now that this is climate change in action, isn't it? Of course, of course. And so, I mean, uh, we've reached this with this. Obviously, even if we do have climate change, we've still got a death rate yeah. of this future, which will take place. It's, it's inevitable. Nothing we yeah. can do about it. So these winds really shocking, shocking, basically. Elliot, do you see, um, in terms of climate change, obviously we need better environmental policies and we seem to need more awareness, um, although it seems pretty obvious to a lot of us that this is what's happening. Our case in point, the flooding that we're experiencing is just unprecedented. Um, what else does it take, Elliot, for people to actually take action that brings those temperatures back. What are some of the key things that you see around climate change that will have an impact in our in our next decade? I know that they have wow. to happen now, but I I really want these things to happen now. But I mm. am also conscious that governments are slow to act and that it will be people power that will bring about the quick, quicker change um, around climate change. What are some of the things that you'd like to see happen? Well, you're absolutely right. So Australia's environmental policy famously was lacking or non-existent. 
essentially. Correct. The, the entire environmental policy framework famously doesn't mention word climate change in any of its 500 protocols. So, I mean, I don't think we can expect much done. No, I agree. So, the, a lot of what I've been trying to do with the nature project has been working through limited, and I think that's so, so, so powerful. Mm. In, in terms of especially an issue for climate change, which affects us too. So, it's, it doesn't discriminate uh, between rich, poor, it doesn't. Uh, communities, uh, communities. It, it, it is going to screw over everyone climate change. So, it's, it's something we can definitely unite. Uh, so, so yeah, with that in mind, uh, being able to uh, spread word about these issues so we can educate, uh, especially the, the younger generation, uh, who, who are very aware of the issue but do not know how to do that. Like, if you think about, uh, say, what I can do, if I want mm. to go out tomorrow and make a positive impact, but they're, they're the options are fairly limited, not enough for my time. So, yeah. to hundred things, so I can go donate $500 to WWR. So, mm. uh, this is what we're taught, this is what we learn. It's such a narrow view of what an individual can do to the power There are many, many things like I can tell you. Hundreds of different things do mm. to reduce your emotions. And then, if you go share one of those things, and so we get this butterfly effect, triple yes. freedom of issues. So, uh, I mean, that, there, there is no easy answer in terms no. of how we can fix climate change. But I think the community is central to it and creating the problem, which is what I've been looking for more, actually, since we are going on. So, being able to change our perspectives of, yes. of issues like the climate change so that we can lose some of the energy, which is going to Mm. Our approaches for these issues, see, but then you might take real positive, uh, immediate action, basically, and get some real positive sentiment to move the stigmatization mm. of three huggers, environmentalists, uh, oh, to yeah. be able to, yeah, uh, unify myself transitioning. Yeah. Because, Elliot, climate change has very detrimental impacts on our animals. There, can you tell me about some of the things that you're seeing? Because you travel across the globe now. So I really want to know some of the examples of how climate change, so we spoke about the coral on the Great Barrier Reef and the bleaching. What other things are happening um, across the world from your perspective that are being impacted by climate change? Oh, particularly yeah, the animals, so, particularly the animals. Uh, of course, of course. And uh, even Australia, I think, was the wildlife yeah. festival, uh, a So uh, I was taking me to the labs and the injured the roof, but I don't believe in that environment. I mean, it's, it's hard because all of these issues are interlinked. So climate change is a huge, huge important yes. factor. We also have a perception of pollution. I don't want to go back to the COVID. So uh, before I was here with the Senegal, which is where I am now, I actually stopped with Ethiopia. Before I was there, I was in the Congo, uh, which is down in the wow. 
Jane Goodall's uh, chimpanzee sanctuary. Oh my goodness! Which which was great, except for the fact that the sanctuary has been locked down for the past six <gasps> months. Absolute full out quarantine. No living being is going to cross through those doors because chimps are just as vulnerable to COVID as we are. So, Absolutely. So they, they suffer from yes. us screwing ourselves over, eating bats, trading illegal pangolins, forcing this global pandemic. Oh. And it's, 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 it's such a shame. Because, I mean, the, the work that they do the Institute Brain Science, it's a tool. And they care of the orphaned children, these yes. children and things, yes. uh, which have been uh, orphaned for you, bushmeat framing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so, so there are so many issues. You're right, climate oh, change does yes. affect animals, especially in Australia, as we saw mass flying yep. fox die-offs. Uh, yes. When we had the, the bushfire season, probably some of that we see in the coral beach, which threatens goodness knows. Out and the, the koalas in the bushfires, and yeah, and koalas and the Murray Dali, Darling River drying the up, fish. and thousands of fish. Mm. So, uh, we can point at these uh, apocalypse level plastic things, but the mm. reality is that all animals are affected by this, so climate change is forcing mass migrations of creatures into new environments that we need to uh, contact humans more, kentos are spreading south, uh, yeah. they've just reached New South Wales, so uh, that's not so good, that's just not good. Yeah, uh, I mean, Australia not doing great. I have to agree with you, Elad. I'm a proud Australian, but gosh, on so many levels, we're just not performing very well at all. Um, I wanted to talk to you today. You've just created another new podcast, the fifth one, audience. This is Elliot's fifth successful podcast, and it's called The New Ark. Can you tell the audience what it's about and what you'll be talking about? Sure. So, yeah, The, the New Ark's a, a bit of a new experiment for me <laughs> in podcasting uh-huh. spaces. So I started it when I moved to Bristol, so a few mm-hmm. months back, uh, with a local co-host. And basically the premise is that our Earth is about to explode, uh, have uh-huh. apocalyptic floods, alien invasions, zombies, name yeah. war apocalypse. So everything and everyone's basically going to be wired out. And we have uh-huh. a space art with unknown dimensions, and it, it is going to set sail through Earth to put down another Abbey fragment, where yeah. essentially we're going to start a new. So myself and my co-host each week take a new animal and discuss whether it, it merits would... a place on the heart. Oh, that's brilliant! Because yes. yes, I'm just thinking... I was thinking about all the animals and, like, how do you choose a koala over a chimpanzee? Like, what a great conversation because they're both wonderfully unique. How do you choose a goat over a sheep, a llama over an alpaca? What a great conversation. Well, definitely. And, I mean, these are the questions we actually do have to answer. 
sadly, in wildlife conservation, because we only have so many resources, we devote $100 million to serving animals, and we lose a thousand other species. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's interesting for that reason, and also uh, to see actually how bizarre it is the, the ways in which we do judge animals. Because mm. in, in these podcasts, I play devil's advocate. So yeah. I'm arguing against every animal making it <laughs> on the park. Which is, I mean, it's, it's, I was it's just going to say, awesome Elliot, that's going to be different. challenging. <laughs> it does break my heart, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bet. So the, the interesting thing, though, is all the arguments I have to level against these animals are coming from a very human standpoint. So, for example, yeah. uh, we often raise the question of whether animal sex and these are consensual. So, uh, are they rapists? So, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to answer. Like in anglerfish, in anglerfish, when they have sex, the male fuses into the female anglerfish. They become one fish. Wow. So, I mean... Did they deserve a place on the ark? Mm. Well, it all comes down to the audience's vote. So we don't choose. We just set out the good things. So it's, it's been interesting. Cats didn't make it on. That that was the one shocker result we got. <sighs> okay. But it's, it's been quite even so far, quite balanced. So we've got foxes. Foxes oh. made it. Okay. So uh, people like foxes, pigeons, scraped. <laughs> so oh wow so elliot when you're talking about cats are you talking domestic cats are you talking big tigers are you talking cheetahs leopards how do you just differentiate between a cat is a cat domestic cats are that ah, good point because you can't take cats as a whole group they're very individual. They're all different. Their their traits are different. The way they live's different. Um, and so the podcast, the new arc. Uh, have you decided where the new arc is going to go, or have you got a fictionalized Earth place to take them all to? Well, well I actually don't think we've quite got down to the logistics <laughs> of it yet. <laughs> we, we, we do have a substitute there. I mean, we've uh-huh. got a food thing. We'll just continue on. Pick one. Think. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got enough plastic in the oceans. Feed that yeah. into a very nice 3D printer. Spin and out. Spit out of an arc. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Speaking of um, ocean junk, it's actually encouraging to see all the initiatives across the planet that are happening. I know that we've got a long way to go, but isn't it good to see some of those big vessels scooping up all that plastic and repurposing it to whatever um it's such a shame that it took getting to this point for those things to happen isn't it it is it is but it's also a great example of how people's moving backgrounds can initiate this change of course there's yeah. that irish teenager uh, who's saying you're definitely escaping now uh, but he won the Google Engineering Prize. Yes, I can see his uh, face. Cleaning up I the, the, the microplastics in the ocean. So, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there are all sorts of solutions we can implement for these issues. Mm. Uh, 
a question of doing so in a suitable, in a short period of time. It's yeah, really yeah it needs to happen quickly, doesn't it, Elliot? Um, I was listening to my favourite and my grandson's favourite um, documentary maker. Um, uh, oh, God, I've got a mental blank. <laughs> the gorgeous old English guy, David Attenborough. My grandson That's loves David David Attenborough's um, shows and um, we were watching something on the weekend about um, the what's happening with the animals and the different impacts of, of where they are and what they do. But gosh, Elliot, if we don't look after animals as a human species, we are effectively doomed, aren't we? Because animals make it possible for us to live the life that we live. The They make it possible to breathe the air and, and all the rest of the things, to create food. And, and if we don't put them higher up in our sphere of consciousness and understanding, we're going to lose it, aren't we? Oh, well, of course. And there are all sorts of ways to try and measure that much animals be back to us. So... Uh, different papers that have come up with figures like system uh, services provide about 30% of our food to be picked, which is great. So that's a huge amount, like 80% of the needs of the poor. Great to know. But uh, it's just more fundamentally than yes. that. Yes. Yeah, because these are, these are actual relatives to humans. Yes. So, um, I mean, it shouldn't be a question of who's in the two. Really, there shouldn't be an equation for that. I I absolutely um, agree with you. Um, I wanted to talk about your bestseller, Human Nature: How to Be a Better Animal. I want you to tell the audience what prompted you to write, and a little bit about what the book is, um, what the book's about, without giving too much away, because I want people to get out and buy uh, Human Nature: How to Be a Better Animal. But for the purposes of the audience. Talk about your – I know that when we talked last time, you were already thinking about writing, but now you've actually done it and it's a bestseller. So what's it about? Well, it indeed, just as we were saying just now, uh, yes. humans and animals are far, far closer uh, than we might give credit with. So, I mean, that that's what human nature sets out to do. Mm. Uh, basically, I take a look at humans, animals, uh, all, all the different arguments I've ever heard levels as to what makes humans unique, which is mm. quite a few. So we're really good at saying how great we are. Brilliant. Humans are best egotists in the animal kingdom. But <laughs> if you really pick those apart, take them to their, to their base level, none of them. So there, there's no single attributes which can mark you as unique uh, and mm. then I, I guess if we embrace that if, if you take that forward what does that mean so uh, if you take the Great Barrier Reef uh, whilst yeah. I was there on Helen Island uh, they've got about 100,000 uh, breeding uh, terms not in yes. beautiful they are uh, there's this strange life cycle uh, process that goes on, uh, whereby there's also a, a tree that I like to call and the uh, psomia tree has sticky seeds, 
and we yeah. see these dead horse which are in the wings of the related organs. And which is kind of certainly so point where you can't have half life. And uh, they're completely debilitated. So they're both in an excellent event. And they literally got away and died. But, 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 and they worked with the island, you know, a few times. Who at the science say, don't touch the dying baby birds. Don't help them, don't save them, they just go rot. I mean, they say this is part of nature, it's part of the natural life, so I can't here. But the, the, the uh, last time we left human babies out to die was in the dark ages. Yes. So. Elliot, that's always perplexed me, that whole idea, don't touch them, don't help them, don't save them. I could never get I've never been able to get my head around that because my instinct is always to save it and help and it's always perplexed me why they instruct humans not to help like I don't get it it's, it's, it's so sad so sad yes and I mean it's, it's all to do with this human experience and so well we're so no no it's it crossed now it's across lots of other animal kingdoms him. Uh, of course, of course, you can see it everywhere. So all the good guys are so scared to touch anything that they can't go in now. There's so many rules, binding us, regulations. But the reality is we've messed in which we are so much. There's nothing yeah. we have to touch, disturbed, aimed to us in this respect. So sad. So you actually think that we should be doing more. And when they say don't touch, don't help, you're actually not sure that that's the correct way we should be doing things. Of course. And I yeah. think people know this. So if Good. you do look around the islands, all the kids are going and helping these little birds. Good. Who would have us? Yes. But this is something which we don't recognise. Same with humans and animals being so similar. Something we all know, essentially, about us. If you speak to anyone, you have to look after them. Uh, of course, yeah, of course. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's what human nature is about, ostensibly. Yeah. My journey yeah. towards uh, understanding this, coming through yeah. uh, these uh, processes, ideology, and then, yeah, what that might mean, the rather of observation. This is a seventy year old food which hasn't changed, hasn't evolved. And I think that's part of the problem, Elliot, that we need to change some of these ideas, concepts and policies if we're going to save animals as as a whole and protect them. Um, Because as we said before, without animals, humans are nothing. Um, You know, just on a fundamental level, um, if you think, you know, if I just think about my goats and the joy that they bring me each and every day, that's the, the value of that in my life and extrapolate that out across the globe. Animals have value, even at that intrinsic level of of humour and and good feelings and and love and caring. We need to protect them. And all of them, not just the few that are fashionable or, or whatever. It's it's about like the baby birds and making sure that they, you know, are not stuck down with those seeds and things and, you know, protecting them. 
Um, Elliot, your uh, company, Human Nature Projects, can you tell the audience about them specifically? Because you coordinate this whole community of volunteers across the globe into all different projects. And I'd really love you to tell the audience about some of those impro- those projects that are happening right now and how people can help and connect with you and keep spreading the word, so to speak. Oh. So, I mean, Human Nature Projects, it's a beautiful again. All I did was share my story, share my vision. Yes. I, I think that's at its heart. That's what leadership is. I think my ideal thing actually is uh, change the perspective of the world. So that's what I did back in which bunch of hours and it really grew and from all the people who don't decide it. So same yeah. people do realize that these animals say something to all together at one of the patients which achieve the objective. So yeah, it's a stage in which project I had to take countries and network. It has been challenging that we face yeah. movement restrictions. Uh, even though uh, much of our work with that community level, still, when people part of the infrastructure, makes it so much harder. Uh, mm. so, yeah. so uh, definitely, if listeners are interested to find out, they can check out our website and nature project for forum. Yeah. Uh, chances are that there will be a, a natural chapter mm-hmm. with you. And uh, we, we just have the chapters do so connect like my passionate people who come from the that comes from the woods of life and they're so brilliant and share the skills. And so it's such a diverse model that then these natural chapters realize which are relevant. To show child relevant to our inclusion, but we are I mean, I, I take no credit for it. It's all the volunteers out there who are doing the hard, hard miles my labor game. But it's so inspiring. Elliot, what's one of your favorite? Or one, or one of your projects that's really capturing your mind at the moment. What's what's one of the foremost ones that you're working with at the moment, and whereabouts in the world is it? Well, so I really, I don't to choose papers. <laughs> so okay, well, you can tell us about a few. <laughs> So, so, I mean, I was speaking recently with a national gentleman who is an amazing, like, one of the few people who can pop on vocal with you and make me boom, beautiful every time. Just that much passion, energy. Yeah. Uh, but over there, they recently launched the digital system operation. Yeah. So they, they've been looking at alignment. On that land, they start to weigh maps, stationary wilding uh, projects, bringing in volunteers from the countries and from the other countries uh, to contribute with their experience, to, to yeah, uh, make this a uh, thriving uh, ecosystem once more on the shores of 
I like picture of it. Oh. I, this is really so Elliot, it's it's really about lots and lots of people doing things in their own small way that will actually create the bigger changes that we need to see across the globe, isn't it? Definitely. It's, it's that multiplier. Exactly. So we can all do things like planting hundred trees yes. to pay off the weekend. But then we realise the, the large the ground swell project mm. need uh, to create meaningful environmental change. That's what we're getting us into. Yeah. We've seen it in planting spaces at the and Elliot, you'll just keep going and going and going and creating projects and coordinating the community across the globe around this. This is your passion, isn't it? Definitely. Well, I mean, it's an issue which anyone can care about. It's yeah. really nice. From so, kids to grandparents, you know, and anyone yeah. in between. Shakespeare said, it's still one of my favourite quotes, he said, one touch of object makes the whole world feel. And that's mm-hmm. so true. So yeah. it's the same thing. I need to get my experience every Elliot, um, besides the book and the podcast, um, which you're having, I can hear in your voice, you're having loads of fun with uh, the new arc. Do you think you'll go on, keep going on and, and writing more and producing more podcasts? Is that something you see for the future? Oh, definitely. So the new arc, I am tremendously, definitely get but uh, I mean, for me, one of the big things I have been focusing on really is on the, the book mm-hmm. uh, industry, uh, because that's where the audience is born ancient TV, or a synchronized yeah. SDLG platform, uh, a platform like Netflix, we Amazon, uh, which attracts uh, unprecedented audiences. Yes. Uh, messages in front of uh, unseen. Yes. So, so, so that's where I'm focusing on. I'm going to be writing my first uh, feature screenplay, good fun, uh, based on uh, Shakespeare, much of about nothing. So, yeah, really trying to find these unique, innovative ways to tell these stories. So, it comes down to this is how we get this how we get change, how we change our these perspectives. And yes. Inspire them to go out there, change the world and event. Do their little bit around what they can exactly. do because everyone can do something, can't they, Elliot? Everyone can do something everyone around can. just a little bit, but it's all those little bits that create big change. And as we talked before, we can't actually leave it to the the politicians and the and the country leaders. Because it's not, they're not going to do it. It actually comes down to individuals, um, families, volunteers. We're the ones that have the capacity to make that change. And I believe that we can. Do you still have that belief, Elliot, that we can save things, we can change things? 
ที่เราดีไวส์สุดเลยแต่คนเราไม่ได้แต่สินทรัพย์สุดเลย and thanks to networks like the networks I do keep keep the fight which is in a field like this that's that's my opinion Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I asked you before, um, and I can't remember what the answer was. Um, what's your favorite animal, and why? And I know it's a really hard question for you because you love so many of them. It's, it is hard. <laughs> I mean, well, with the the new art as well. Uh, having yes. to find the faults in these animals. So episode three was elephants, uh, yeah. which is probably definitely my favorite animal. Got a lot <laughs> of fond memories of elephants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's tricky. Actually, at the moment, I'm going to have to go for the rock dogs of Penny Pigeon, as oh. you know in Australia, because they aren't everywhere. They're they're not big creatures. Definitely viable significance in many many ways, but fascinating. And they have been living since the start of civilization. Ancient, yes. They're worshiping them, feeding them, holding them. First Olympic Games. They worship they, them, Elliot. Uh, tied to their uh, goddesses, so ah. from Mesopotamia. And yes, obviously, yes. all these gods got associated to so in Greek Roman. Five goddess Venus, or so, right? But it be, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> slightly ironic given that when, as an animal, you worship and then sacrifice. It's, it's, it's not necessarily the, the, the best deal, but <laughs> ups and downs, ups and downs. So that's your favorite one at the moment. Um, I I kind of thought I vaguely remember a story about a leopard, but that was actually the leopard story was around like the first your first conscious thoughts around working with animals and saving animals, wasn't it? Definitely, and I mean that's one of those implanters, right? Really good, like those camps. Yeah. 
was to do with it. That would put Nathan's 15 hunters. That took me when danger to be a beast. He needs habitat with stars. Uh, but clearly, this leopard is not associated even with the hood. The next one is following me to open him. About two meters back. And that's not a lot of smoke, that's the culture of campers. Uh, fire leaving out sausages and blood, <laughs> leaving out scraps in an empty yes. page, but there's conscience. So, uh, this is the issue where we're not conscious of our relationship mm. with the but we don't yeah. think about it, and we don't consider our actions as our families. And yeah, they're, they're spirit. But, uh, that, that's definitely one of the birds of the year when they, these issues that we've raised. Mm. Yeah. Elliot, you mentioned earlier in the show that you're in Senegal at the moment. What's happening in Senegal at the moment with you? So I've been travelling around Africa for the past few months as a journalist, yeah. essentially. Yes. Helping the energy center. But, yeah, no wish. It's, it's a really tough space for that. Yeah. Of course, we want to promote the rivers, as uh, solar winds, hybrid power, for the energy transition. Uh, but that's not the only issue. Yeah, is we need access to electricity, which often the majority is around here. But like now, so, so they don't have enough electricity to start. We also need the enough factor enough in this this able to develop right from the get-go this is a coming virus so i mentioned i was in congo last month and that was that's uh, congo of 89 percent or it's almost entirely what's in Tenzin. so i mean you yeah. can't take that way you can't say you know, stop it it's bad for the planet it's yeah. just uh, one of those harsh realities here in senegal yeah. they do great right so no yeah i'm about quarter uh, when you do couple in that house, uh, but that's only spun up the last two years, three years. So they're starting to get yeah, in global terms, which is a position. So it just goes to show where there's a yes. world, there's a way. Yes. Energy as in one, as in much. It really depends on having right stores to having right people to pick with. Um, but yeah, that, that's why I'm here telling these stories. <laughs> uh, this change for the better. Yeah. Elliot, when you travel, do you travel and interview by yourself or do you have a, the, have a camera one with you that films everything that you're doing? Or is it you that are just doing it all by yourself? I'm just curious. So I travel with my own camera where to film the interviews. Yeah. At the moment, so I was just going to wake them. It's 3 a.m. in the morning, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are incredibly grateful that you're joining us at 3 a.m. in the morning, and we've um, not got too much time left. And I want you to share with the audience the best way that they can help. Um, and connect with you and what they can do to make a change going forward today. Sure. So to check out the Nature Program, 
again, website is imageproject.org. My website is elliotcorner.com. Nice and simple. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You find me on socials at elliotcorner.eco or head and check over out the new arc wherever you find your podcasts or social media at new arc pipes. Nice and easy at new arc pipes. Yeah. Vote. (laughs) Find an animal to support it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was my other thing, Elliot. If people are listening today and perhaps are not busy but wanting to help in a financial way, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, so again, on humannatureprojects.org, uh, there is a button that helps flowers Yeah. So everything's there for you to check out. Very, very easy to navigate. Uh, I, again, take no credit for that. <laughs> but the tech team does a great job. Again, having the, the skills, experience, backgrounds, all these diverse sectors, fun to have learned. But yeah. Yeah, because um, you're reliant on um, donations to keep doing the work that you do and keep setting up communities that do these projects. It's an integral part of, of what you do and what you need to do to keep doing what you do. And I'm actually just, I'm so grateful that we have incredible young men like yourself, Elliot, doing such passion projects and you're leading us um the older adults in a way that is really uh invigorating as an animal lover i knew from the first time that we spoke that you would do big things that you would create big change across the planet and i'm so excited to see that it's still happening that you are still powering along with that vision and that mission mission and if there's anything that i and the audience can do to assist you we will and i'm just encouraging the audience today to jump onto human um uh, human nature um dot com and also check is it sorry dot org Org. <laughs> um, I want you to Google Elliot and see all the work that he does. I want you to check out his podcast and I want you to buy the book, Human Nature, How to Be a Better Animal. And on the website, I know because I've been there often, you can see all of the things that happen, how they happen. You can, of course, donate to help Elliot keep doing this work. And then I'm sure there will be big things in the future. I'm excited to know that Elliot is um, setting up his own network for streaming. That's incredibly exciting as well, because that in itself will help get the message out to the global audiences about what we need to do to protect our animals, which in turn protects our earth and in protects us as human beings. Elliot, one final word. Um, what do you see as your biggest vision? If you could have anything, what would that biggest vision look like for you? That's easy. So my life's goal has always been to reclaim my human relationship. So to see the animals in the That's fantastic. Um, Elliot, I'm just going to check our time. We're just about um, to the end of the show. Um, 
There was one story that I remember um, talking to you about. Um, we've talked about the raptors and we've talked about the um, the leopard. There was another story I remember you telling me about, and I can't remember which particular animal it was about, but it might have been the hyenas in Africa. Can you quickly tell the audience about the hyena story? Uh, yeah, so... Two Christmas Eves ago, the yeah. 2020s, yeah. I was in South Africa, as I mentioned, doing some uh, wildlife screening, middle of nowhere, <laughs> absolutely remote, uh, as remote gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas Eve, now it's a power drive, with the film. I was on the front seat of this World War II Jeep. Yeah. That is broken. <laughs> old old vehicle. Crunching yeah. along the bush. No else. Uh, and yeah, I was on the bottom in the back of the seat, spotlighting to a London and looking on the vehicle. Yeah. Huge bush on the front. So yeah, I mean, I was good. So uh, they kept on trying, anyway, following uh, where the slide was going. You did take the slide, came across a point of the actuators in Thailand. So we pull up, turn off the engine, turn off the lights. Blackness surrounds that. I think it's 10 times landing, dark. And waited, waited around, keep smuggling. Oh, the European parts, blazing, big mess going up. Just like a big mess in the And then just get done undoing a boot. Then hear the snap of an apollonet crashing. And I mean, I'm not sitting with this, but one of the parallel bands was then taken down by the, the fire. The impudence of the fire. So, oh. I mean, oh, did I, you I, get... The, is it too dark to film? Uh, well, well the, this is the thing. So, with yeah. nature, always expect the unexpected. Yes. Uh, because we haven't brought any of the time here. We turned off the flies. No chance yes. of it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. A thermal machine. So that no cameras were but the most incredible <laughs> experience we could possibly hope for. So just goes to show nature can always, 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 always surprise us. Yes. This spice of life. And yeah. it's thrilling I too. And of course, when you're in the middle of nowhere and there's no human light. It's very dark. You've only got starlight and very dark. And as you said, the noise is amplified as well. So what a what an incredible experience, Elliot. It was quite remarkable. My first day, my first day yeah. on location, first <laughs> safari drive, Christmas Eve, <laughs> literally an hour out of camp. Yes. Wow, wow, wow. Elliot Connor, I am so happy that I've been able to share 
the stage with you this evening and I'm really grateful that you got up so early just to talk to us. I love talking to you. You're um, one of my favourite uh, interviews um, from the year that we did it and again, um, I'm so proud to know you and see the work that you're doing and the incredible um, future we have because of people like Elliot Connor. Elliot, thank you. I'm going to let you go back to sleep. I'm gracious, grateful and fabulous to have you on the show again. Take care and we will talk again soon. Thank you, Tony. Thanks, Elliot. And that, my friends, is your lot for this week. We'll be back next week for another Everyday Business show. And today it's been the Everyday Business of Animals with Elliot Connor. Thank you, Elliot. Bye for now. I feel for my entire female nation, I call it. Is that possible?